This is episode number 244. How do you stay positive when faced with adversity? With Michelle Madrid Branch. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our upcoming conversation that takes place every single Friday, which is part of our weekly series called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. What this is, is a weekly conversation that we started approximately three to four months ago with the intention of creating a space for each and every single one of us to explore the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and resilience, gratitude and relationships, gratitude and potential, and many other topics. If this is of interest to you, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to see the latest details about the upcoming conversation. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show and in regard to our work. And that is, if our work has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm well. How are you, Oleg? It's so good to see you. I know. It's, I'm always grateful when we're able to connect. And actually, there are two, one of the people that you know, uh, Nicole Ash, has joined us as well. Hi. And um, her and I connected, I think it was in LA, right? Yeah. LA event when we yeah. all met. And then Annie is another person whom I don't know if you've connected with her, but mm-hmm. she's just an incredible human being. I was able to be on her podcast that she has. I think it's uh, Anitude or Gratitude with Anitude. Nice. Um, so, yeah. I'm grateful that we're able to do this and to have this conversation around adversity. I think there's no um, no better time, so to speak, mm-hmm. when it comes yeah. to this. I know that I shared with you the brief adversity that I've experienced living here in Texas you know, yeah. the last week, waking up to a foot of snow, which was Kind of a surreal experience. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, and I have to apologize, Oleg, because I forget that you're in Texas. I always think, oh, he's in LA or he's in San Diego, because <laughs> we live in this Zoom world now, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes, from a geographic perspective, we forget where people are. And I know what you and and Texans have gone through. Everyone in Texas, and um, it has been real adversity. And I've seen the struggles. And I've also seen the resilience of people coming together and amazing stories. So my heart goes out to everyone in Texas. My heart goes out to you, my friend. I'm so glad you're okay. Mm-hmm. It really proved to me, I think, this whole pro- power of community this time in particular, mm-hmm. like people being able to come together and support each other in whatever ways we, we can. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, got, it got to a point where I think it was Wednesday, we were boiling snow, <laughs> like a group of my friends and you know, it's funny in the moment, and it still is that those were the uh, the measures that it got down to. But 
if anything, what I started to learn about this whole concept of adversity is, you know, there's definitely the will from the individual person that has to come in to change the circumstances. But I think the community also plays a tremendous role in helping like establish the mindset and maintain that positivity, especially when everything is low, like energy wise. And, you know, the circumstances are real sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so, uh, so true. What you say community is a powerful force and just within, even within the adopt, the adoptee community, the adoption community, I know, um, along my journey as an adoptee, just take that, if you will, for example, there was a time where I just didn't think I could lean into community, that I could trust that someone else would be there. And I also didn't know if I could be vulnerable enough to say, hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. I need to be lifted up. Um, and what I found was this, the transformational power of doing that, of leaning into community, of you know giving to community and also being able and willing and open to receiving from community um, is a beautiful thing and um, what you say couldn't be more true community is key mm-hmm. um, along the path to overcoming adversity um, to changing our mindset to be reminded of our worth etc we need people around us we're wired for that you know as mm-hmm. human beings we're wired for relationship we need that we crave that and connection, I think, is just at the core of it all, you know, mm-hmm. being connected to others, being connected to ourselves. And mm-hmm. I know that this is something that you speak about quite a bit, and it's the, the triangle theory, which was actually my first time coming across it when we were talking about a possible topic. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was wondering, it might be best to start off with that theory to begin with, and then sure. from there we can kind of dissect and apply it to the adversity component and see how this whole concept of mental, physical, and spiritual really plays a role in in facing the adversity that many of us go through. Absolutely, and how they work together. You know, individually mm-hmm. we can work on them, but ultimately when they work together, it's just such a powerful trio. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I believe, and, and again, I'm gonna take this back to the adoptee experience as an international adoptee myself, like you and I share that experience. Um, I say that I believe every adoptee is a hero and they're able to heal their pain, emerge from limiting belief, reframe their experiences and overcome any Mm -hmm. obstacle. And there was a time where I saw myself uh, more like a zero than a hero in my life Mm -hmm. because I really felt like the labels, you know, in foster care that I was given, um, that limiting belief that I was somehow given away, that I wasn't enough for my um, birth parents to want to keep me and raise me, et cetera, et cetera. I had just such um, a load of lies in in my head. And what I wanted was to declutter my life because it didn't seem to matter um, the level of success I reached in my profession, my original profession, which was television news. At the end of the day, I still felt pretty lousy about myself. And I felt like my mind, my body, my spirit was cluttered with a lot of limiting belief. And so as an adoptee empowerment life coach today, um, I ask, I, you know, I ask my coaching clients, the adoptees I coach, the same questions that I asked myself early on when I embarked upon the journey of transformation and facing what needed to be faced in order to move through the wound, to heal and move forward in my life. And, you know, the questions were, you know, what do I want? What do I want? And why do I want it? And how 
can I get it? You know, how, how can I get it? What do I need to do to get it? You know, mm -hmm. if I'm here and I want to be here, what's standing in the way? What's in the middle? And so um, when I said, what do I want? Well, I wanted clarity of mind. I wanted clarity um, mm -hmm. of my mind. I wanted agility, my physical body, right? And I wanted tranquility of spirit and all of those things. There's a quote, I don't know who said it, Oleg, but there's a quote that says, clarity is the elimination of mental clutter. Um, agility is the el elimination of uh, physical clutter. And then tranquility is the elimination of spiritual clutter. And I wanted clarity, agility, and tranquility. And I knew that I needed to declutter some things in my life, some thoughts, some beliefs, et cetera. And so the hero, what I call the hero triangle, getting back to the adoptee's ability to, to heal, I believe that everything that we need to heal is within us now, right now in this moment. We just have to declutter and get to the, to the source, right? Um, is, you know, there's a mindset, there's our physical set, and there's our spiritual set. And when we can work on, you know, um, decluttering, so we have a powerful mindset, decluttering, so we have a strong physical set, and decluttering, so we have that peace-filled spiritual set, I think that's a very empowering trio. And when we have that, and we begin to align with that and find a balance in that place, I think then we are able to um, connect with what I call a heart set. And the heart set is really the essence of who we are. It's mm -hmm. the essence of why we're here. There's so much wisdom in that place of heart set. And so being very clear in what do I want? Why do I want it? Because that's the fuel. And then what do I need to do to get it? I think those are the first three very critical and essential questions one must ask themselves. And then begin finding the tools, um, reaching out, getting support to um, shore up your mindset, to strengthen your mindset, your physical set, and your spiritual set. So that's what I talk about when I talk about the hero triangle. I think it's pretty simple. I'm not saying this is easy work. If it was, everyone <laughs> would be doing it, right? But it's essential and beautiful work if you really, really, really wanting to find that place of alignment within and live a life um, that where you feel completely, you know, in balance. And yeah, sure, we're going to fall out of balance now and again, but then we have the tools. We know how to talk to ourselves. We know how to um, change a limiting belief into a limitless truth, etc. And mm -hmm. so we do the work, we build the muscle. But first, absolutely, we need to know what we want, why we want it, and what we need to do to get there. What wasn't working out for you that made you want to say, I want to change this and this is the route that I'm going to take? Uh, such a good question. I just think I didn't feel I was worthy of happiness and joy and love. I really didn't trust that I could be loved in the way I felt I desired um, deep, deep down within myself. And I didn't know if I could love anyone and offer someone that kind of love because um, I was so afraid of rejection. You know, I felt like rejection was always looming around the corner. And that was just a primal belief from my earliest days of being a kid who was placed in foster care and then adopted. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a limit, this the limiting belief always that I'm not enough. Even when I was, you know, in television news and nominated for Emmys, et cetera, in the back of my head was always that question, well, at some point they're going to find out. When are they going to really find out that I'm really not enough? 
Mm-hmm. And it, it was, um, it was a heavy load. And, and there, at, at some point, and I'm pretty sure it was with a, um, um, with Tony Robbins at some point, cause I've done a lot of work with Tony Robbins and his platinum partnership and traveled, you know, um, around the world, um, learning from Tony and the pain, uh, I couldn't withstand the pain anymore. And it was, it was that point where I was like, I am not going to live like this anymore. The pain is too great. And I know I'm greater than this pain. And mm-hmm. so I need to figure out how to get out from under it. Mm-hmm. And was that where the greater then was that how it was born? Yeah. Cause I know it's also tied to your daughter, correct? That yeah. Particular podcast? Absolutely. Because, uh, um, you're referring to the podcast, um, mm-hmm. greater than, mm-hmm. uh, when I was in Ethiopia, um, adopting my little girl, who's now 11, I was in Addis Ababa and standing in the orphanage. And, um, the first time I held her in my arms was a powerful moment, of course. And she had been, my daughter had been given the Ethiopian name of Tiblet. And, um, it was given to her by the stranger who found her in Southern Ethiopia abandoned. And when I asked the orphanage director, you know, the translation of my daughter's Ethiopian name, Tiblet, she said it means let her be greater. And it was a powerful moment for me because I felt like in some ways this, this was a divine message because I knew innately that there was something keeping me from my ultimate greatness in life. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was so hungry for it, but I didn't quite know how to get there. I just, the weight of the limiting thoughts were so heavy. I just didn't know how to, to move out from that shadow of what was my past story. And um, this was a driving force, though, for me when I received that divine message. And I believe that's absolutely what it was and remains uh, this day to be that. I connect with it all the time. You know, um, I knew that I, I needed to make some changes in order to be an example for my daughter of what mm-hmm. it means to be a woman who can rise above adversity and to live true to that desire that I held in my heart. And so I began to do the work. This was back in 2010. So it's been over a decade now of doing the work and uh, just working to transform my, my, my life, myself, mind, body, and spirit, and arrive at a place of um, truth and living unflinchingly in that truth of who I am. But yeah, that's, that's how it all began. It's how it all began. You know, that divine message, something that is handed to you. And if you don't pay attention, you might miss it. But mm-hmm. I couldn't miss it in that in that moment. You know, um, Oleg, when, when my daughter, when I brought her back to the States, she was diagnosed with um, failure to thrive. And she was riddled with giardia from being exposed to unsafe, unclean water while um, in Ethiopia and she was malnourished and tiny and just frail. And I remember being in the doctor's office here in the States and receiving that diagnosis of my daughter being, you know, this, this thing, I'd never even heard of it, failure to thrive. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at my little girl into her watery eyes and I really saw a reflection of my own condition that I had really been living in this sort of fight or flight mode failing to thrive in my life when my deepest desire was to thrive and Mm. be all that I'm here to be. And so the pain was so great that I couldn't stay within these limiting stories anymore. Something had to be done. 
And again, I started the process of, well, what do I want? Why do I want it? And what do I need to do to get there? Do you think positivity is a choice? I do. I think it's a daily choice. And in some respects, it's a second by second choice to see an adversity, to go through something hard and ask yourself, is this something else Tony taught me? How is this happening for me and not, and not to me? How, mm. is this, how is this moment happening for me and not to me? What is it here to teach me? How is it here to grow me? And I realized, and listen, life is hard. Mm -hmm. And we are all dealt some tough cards in life. Um, and so I don't diminish that at all. But there is a moment where we have to ask ourselves, is this going to overcome me or am I going to overcome this? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to choose to overcome. And so I did. I began to ask questions of, you know, how is this happening for me and not to me? Um, I'm willing you know, universe, I'm willing to learn from this and through this, use this moment, use this adversity, use this challenge to mold me into a better person, stronger, more capable, better equipped to help because that's what we're all here for. We're here to help each other, mm -hmm. one another, getting back to community. Um, and so, yeah, I think positivity is, um, is a choice that we have to make and we have to be aware and awake um, to the power of making the choice of looking at a tough moment and trying to see in it um, some miracle in the mess. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. I think for me, you know, I live from a similar mindset and a similar place. I believe that life is happening for you. Mm -hmm. um, I know that for me, when I started to look at adverse circumstances and everything that has happened and continues to happen, because that's the thing about adversity is that it, it doesn't have an endpoint. A friend of mine one time said, uh, I think he said this about a crisis, not necessarily adversity, although the two are related. He said, very rarely is there a beginning or an end. Huh. You're just in the middle of it. Like that's, uh -huh. you're, you're in the middle of the circumstance and there's no end to it and there's not necessarily a beginning. And it just, it reminded me of the importance of keeping that mindset and perspective of what am I here to learn and mm. what is this here to teach? Me? Yeah. You know, because there are lessons that one can take away. And I think the whole um, positivity mindset, I can't say it's the only thing that allows those experiences trans to transform, mm. but I will say that it has been a critical component of yeah. whatever that formula that looks like, you know, mm -hmm. just having the ability to not be in the circumstances Mm. But more and so not, like step outside. Yeah, and not be defined by the circumstance, right? Because we mm -hmm. can become so defined in our heads um, mm -hmm. that this is what I am. This is something that happened to me. Therefore, it is what I am, right? I was an orphan child. Therefore, that's what I'm always going to be. I was rejected. So I expect to be rejected in all relationships in every situation in my life. So um, where your focus goes, your energy flows, right? Yeah. There's where you focus, that energy is going um, to surround you. So if I'm focused on rejection, the energy of rejection is going to find me. But if I can shift that and I, I begin to focus on inclusion and all the ways that I'm welcomed into my life and into this world, and into this experience, then that kind of energy is going to find me. And so what you say and what you speak of is so true. I love what you said about being in the middle 
Mm-hmm. Um, my friend uh, and author, uh, Lori Pullett Short, writes about, you know, you're in the middle. Remember, you're in the middle of your story when you're facing adversity, when you're in the dark and you don't know which way to turn, which way is up, which way is down. If we can just stop and, and remind ourselves that we're in the middle of the story, we're not at the end. There's something to learn. How is this happening for me and not to me? I'm not at the end of my rope, you know, and I'm not unraveling. I'm unfolding into the next chapter of my life. And and these are mindset shifts that are so key and so important. When we have the awareness of understanding that, you know what, that's a limiting thought, but I'm Mm going to thank it because it's directed me toward what I want. It's showing me what I don't want. I don't want to feel always rejected in my life. I don't want to always expect that rejection is going to find me. I'm going to shift it to being embraced into this world, included, wanted, et cetera. And that energy will find me and that we are truly in the middle of our life experience. There's that quote that says, uh, you know, as long as you have breath, you Mm -hmm. have purpose. So true. Mm -hmm. The breath of us is a miracle and a gift. We've been given it for a reason because we still have a purpose to live out. And adversity can do tricks on our heads and make us think that we're at the end and there's nothing else. We're done. But the truth of the matter is that's just absolutely not true, right? Mm -hmm. We just have to connect with our truth Mm -hmm. and, and carry on in so many respects and just carry on. You mentioned earlier before we uh, started this conversation, what did you say? One more step. One more step. Mm-hmm. One more step. I, I have this philosophy of 1%. Every day, I'm going to give at least 1% to my goal, to my dream. Mm-hmm. And um, I can do that. I can do that. I can take one more step. Mm-hmm. And so we have to urge ourselves and each other to keep going, to keep moving, moving through the adversity um, and keep taking, as Oleg says, that one more step. Yeah, I experienced the same thing and I shared this with people before um, mm. on this show and those that tune in when I hiked the Grand Canyon mm. on the way up, it, it became so difficult just on the body. And mm. that was one of the ultimate moments where I just continued to remind myself that it's, you know, mind over body. Yeah. And yeah. T- repeating in my head, one more step, one more step was mm. really the, probably the way that I was able to keep going because mm. the body wanted to give up so many times and I wanted to rest and you know there's value in sitting down and resting but then there's also tremendous value in understanding that you have an hour and a half before the sun goes down yeah, <laughs> and right. you, you got to get up there and if you yeah. don't get up there you're going to be hiking in the dark yeah and I think just that reminder of one more step it's just such a um, pivotal moment like in my journey where it, it it allowed me to understand that as long as I keep go- keep going and then take the necessary breaks in between. I think this is also applicable in life, taking the break to reflect. Mm. But then after mm. a while, just continuing to tell myself that you still have to keep moving. Yeah, And it's the yeah. same exact thing that you mentioned, the 1%. Mm. You know, over a course of a day, it may not seem like much over a yeah. course of a week. But look at it in the course of a year yeah. or 10 years. That 1%, it truly does add up. Yeah, it does. It does. It keeps building and it keeps building. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love what you um, share up your experience and, you know, um, the Grand Canyon. Um, the, in November, I'm an equestrian 
And I'm mm -hmm. one of those crazy people who gets on a 1500 horse and jumps over high things. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a horse is a living being. It has its own fears, you know, it has its own will and it's, it's a, it's a magical partnership. Um, when you work together and intuitively start to just move together. Right. Um, but in November I was showing my horse and we finished um, one of the courses and we, it, it went very well, but my horse got amped up and I came out of my tack and I flew into uh, the side of the arena, hit the wall and hmm. was just, I mean, pancaked into the dirt. And um, I got up, my body was not, I didn't have any broken bones, but it felt broken, but I got up, you know, and the, the thing about the equestrian world is, you know, you say fall 17 times, get up 18. You mm -hmm. just got to keep getting up. And that was on a Friday. Um, the next Sunday I went back to the showgrounds and my trainer met me and she said, you got to get back up on your horse. Um, and I, I threw my bruised, body back onto my horse and rode him and it hurt. It was excruciating. And I remember tears coming, you know, down my cheeks as we rode, but from a mindset perspective, I needed to get back up because I didn't mm -hmm. need those limiting beliefs of I'm going to fall again, you know, um, to creep in. Um, and so our ability to take one more step, you know, one more step, one more rise. We get mm -hmm. back up on the horse of life and we keep moving forward. Surely adversity is going to find us. Yes, but we have the power to get back up and keep moving forward. Step by step, 1% by 1%. Mm -hmm. And I'll also add on, I think there's probably a sense of responsibility. That mm. one, at least for me, I, I feel like I carry a responsibility as far as how I choose to share my own limitations, my own fears, my own, because those are real things. I think, mm -hmm. you know, especially when it comes to fear, I know that for however long I used, I was um, exposed to this mindset that, you know, fear is not a thing. It's not a real feeling, but it is a real feeling. It's a yeah. real thought. I think it's a real experience. And when I started to understand that and acknowledge it for what it was, I found myself actually gain significant more strength because I was able to really tap into that emotion and that feeling. And I'm curious to hear from you because I think you're in a similar space as I am and so many other people. How do you project your fears onto other people? Oh, well, you know, as a mother, <laughs> I really have to put myself in check. You know, I have kids <laughs> and I don't, I don't want my, my fear, mm -hmm. my past experience in life, to be projected onto my kids because their life is their life. Their life experience is for them. And I'm not here to project um, any baggage that I carry from my past onto them. If that's what you're referring to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, you know, there's that saying that says hurting people hurt people. Mm -hmm. I have to be responsible for my hurt. And I have to know that I do not have the right to spill it over onto somebody else who's undeserving of it, you know, mm -hmm. who's innocent. And so as a parent, as a woman, as um, just someone who does the work of helping others to heal, I want to be an example of what it means to um, deal with my hurt, to name the wound, to claim it, 
This is the wound. Notice what I notice. When that wound wants to rear its ugly head, um, how does that make me feel? How does my body respond? You know, and then what do I do? What do I need to do to calm that beast and get back mm -hmm. to the truth? And so projecting, I think, fear onto someone else is, um, that's pretty ugly. You know, my, I know my adoptive mother used to do that all the time. She projected fear, her fear of losing me onto me. Mm -hmm. And it was a very controlling um, kind of relationship that we had. She really worked to control me. And um, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was her fear, her fear of losing me, her fear mm -hmm. of my going back to birth family um, in UK, et cetera, and uh, turning my back on my adoptive family. You know, the fears that we can carry of, uh, you know, not being enough. I think ultimately she feared that, I would look at her at some point and go, you're not enough. You're not mm -hmm. the mom that I needed or wanted or what have you. And so that was a control. She wanted to control me. And that's not love. You know, love doesn't control. Love is able to look at someone and say, I want you to be happy, whatever that looks like for you. And I will be here for you. And I will accept you. And um, that's love. And so to be that example of love for my kids in part means that I am aware, awake, and unwilling to spill my hurt onto them. Mm -hmm. While we're on the topic of parenting, and I feel mm -hmm. like we've tackled adversity through so many different groups and experiences, mm -hmm. I'm curious to hear from your perspective as a parent, A, do you ever worry about not being liked by your children, and B, is that something that you even strive for? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't worry about not being liked by my kids mm -hmm. because I feel like um, I am at a place in my life where I really like me and I love me. And so if they see a mother, a woman who likes herself and loves herself and is excited about her life and is serving and doing, um, I think that that energy attracts like energy. They're going to like that. They're going to dig that. They're going to want to be with mom <laughs> and hang out. I'm not, you know, as they get older, I'm not as cool as I used to be. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I think it's important that they see a human being, a parent, a mother who likes herself, who loves herself and who does the daily work of growing and getting better and better and better. I think that's really key. We, it all starts here, Oleg. It starts mm -hmm. with us. Right. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, mm -hmm. I was just curious what your perspective on that would be, because many of the conversations I've had with pe people who are parents, that's been one of the topics. And mm -hmm. I, that's actually a great question to even ask my mom. Like, at what yeah. point was that? Did that transform or was that not even something that a back of her conscious mind? Mm -hmm. um, but I do agree yeah. with you. I think, you know, there is that thing where, at least from my experience, as I age, like the parents, <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily not seen as like cool, but it's just more so I think the because everything else around us is evolving, you know, conversation and just different things that we do. Like, um, I mean, when we were young, like super young, probably like, I don't know, my brother's age or whatever it was, like having a parent give you a bath was you know, perfectly fine. But yeah, I mean, doing that when you're 28 or 30, like, 
probably not. <laughs> you know, not so good. <laughs> but I, I think it is, it's such an interesting perspective. Like as a parent, what does one strive for? Yeah. You know, and what are the things that you wish to pass on? Like, do you, do you even think about that as well? I know that you've shared a lot about just being complete and, you know, sharing who you really are. But at the end of the day, is there one or a handful of things that you really strive for that you hope your kids get? Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, being authentic, mm -hmm. being unapologetically who you are is, is so key. Um, I'm always stressing to my kids that it's absolutely essential in life to use your voice and to use your story for good. Um, my, my son, Ian, is mm -hmm. from Russia, as you know, and we were walking around the block the other day and he's, he has gotten, I mean, he's a football player. This guy is, uh, he, he gets a vision in his head and he goes for it. Mm -hmm. And he is playing football. Um, he actually transferred schools in order to be with a dynamic football program here in California. But we went for a walk together, as we will do from time to time. And um, I said, Ian, your mindset is incredible. I mean, it's like you don't you don't hesitate to pivot if you sense inside of you that you need to pivot in order to get to the goal. Mm -hmm. And. You know, and, and he has clear vision of how he wants to give back. You know, he talks about someday going back to Russia and um, using his story to empower kids um, who've been orphaned, et cetera. But he said to me, Mom, I'm a hero. Mm -hmm. I'm a hero. You tell me I'm a hero. I see you living that you know, that belief that we're heroes, that we can heal and we can emerge and we can reframe and we can overcome. I'm a hero. And it was that simple and that plain for him. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be adversity, but if he can go back to the seed of, of that truth, that he is a hero, that he has a power within him that's unmistakable and he can unleash that power for the good of the world and do mm -hmm. good. And that just keeps motivating him. But it was very clear. It was interesting um, because sometimes you wonder if your kids are, are hearing you, right? <laughs> Do they really hear me? And it was so clear and so pure what he said. He's like, I'm a hero, you know? And it pains me, as I said earlier in our conversation, I used to feel like a big old zero. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't feel that way anymore. I know that I'm a hero. And it really pains me to think that there are people out there right now who feel like a zero in their life. Like they have nothing to give and they do, they have so much to give. And sometimes it's, it really is that whole mindset. Um, and they haven't learned how to turn that around. And they're just the simple things that we can do. And mm -hmm. understanding that, you know, our bodies are vessels that help to move us around to live out our purpose. So we take care of them and we honor them. And that spiritual connection is so key. You know, when you're out in nature, I would, mm -hmm. I would guess, and I'll throw this question to you. The mm -hmm. connection is so powerful for me. It's, you know, nature and, and my horses, it's like so powerful, that connection, that spiritual connection. But I would imagine as you are, out and you are pushing your body, mm -hmm. your mind, your spirit out in nature, you feel that connection, right? It's profound and deep. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a really, it's a very intense uh, like frequency that I uh -huh. vibrate on, and it's and I notice the same exact thing. In fact, one of the things when I personally face adversity, in addition to all the questions, it's to get out, get out and get fresh air, and get out and get a new perspective. Uh -huh. I mean, I, I don't know how it is for you or anyone that's listening right now, but even walking amongst the trees or in the woods or whatever it is, it's like I can't even describe it to you, but like those things have their own energy and I can yeah. feel it now, you know, I could like sense it. And I, I realized that also when I started to look at life through the lens of it's happening for me and what am I here to truly learn? Mm -hmm. What is it? What, what does each circumstance and event help me see that I haven't seen before? I've developed significantly greater appreciation for life. Mm. I mean, for everything around me, the trees, the grass, um, just the ability to breathe, fresh air, yeah. ability to walk, to see. And I can't say it was always like that. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's part of the journey is that life comes in chapters. Yeah. You know, there's probably chapters within your life as well as anyone else's where we didn't have as deep of appreciation for life. Totally. I mean, I'll tell you this, like until all of this happened in Texas, I mean, I've experienced similar circumstances before, but many of the things – Many people take for granted mm -hmm. the electricity, the ability to connect like this, yeah. water. And then all of a sudden it's like gone for a week and it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. It breaks mm -hmm. the routine. It breaks the rhythm. Um, and, but I think at, at the end of the day, what I also chose to learn from that is the ability to adapt. And it sounds like very similar to what your son has done, you know, moving places, but continuing to adapt. Yeah. Adapt to the circumstances. Absolutely. And and understanding that within the adapting, there is a new chapter to be forged, right? Mm -hmm. And and our lives are a series of chapters. I always say to my kids, you know, you're writing the book of your life. Who do you want to be in that book? What decisions do you want to make? What experiences do you want to have? Ask yourself mm -hmm. those questions. And, you know, never forget that you are the voice of your life. You are the author of your life story. Mm -hmm. So claim that and don't hide from it. And don't ever, ever let someone say that you're not worthy of sharing your story and writing your beautiful, beautiful life book, because it's just not true. And if you think about the times that we've heard those kind of comments and we all have um, so often, we just don't realize that that person is just hurting and it's really mm -hmm. not about us. It's all about them. But we take it on, right? We take it on because we want to be liked. We we want to hear um, someone someone's approval, etc. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's all about looking in the mirror and approving of the person that you see reflected back at you. Mm -hmm. And that is a daily choice and a mm -hmm. daily awareness. And I love what you say about connecting with nature because it's so true. Within the stillness, there was a time that I didn't want to be still. Yeah. I didn't want to hear what I was sure was there. <laughs> yeah. But now I crave the stillness and I always crave being in nature. And, you know, the breeze speaks to me and the leaves on the trees and the moving clouds, all of it speaks to me. And it is an energy. And when we open ourselves to receiving that energy, we realize that we're part of not just a, a community of people, but a community of living things all around us. And that energy, that frequency is very empowering it's spiritual, it's transformational. Um, and we need to tap into that. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes back tenfold. 
mm-hmm. wants to happen into that. I've experienced the same exact thing yes. when it comes to many of those things. I'm curious to hear. So I know that you do a lot of work, as you mentioned at the beginning of this, around coaching and specifically focused on the adoptee experience. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about why did you choose that experience out of all the other experiences that make up who you are? Oh, you know, I, such a good question. You've asked the best. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, I think that I recognized along my own journey of self-discovery as an adopted mm-hmm. person um, that we were, as, as, a, as a community of people, adoptees, we have been the um, portion of the adoption community that has been um, least heard. And it has caused a lot of pain. And when I coach adopted adults, they say to me 99.9% of the time, I never felt seen and heard in my life. I've never felt really known. I don't even know myself. And it's, it's an untapped area of this adoption community. Um, of the world community when you consider there are millions of adoptees out there Mm -hmm. who long to really connect with the purest identity of who they are and to live authentically and to speak their truth. And, you know, I felt like I I spoke that language. And so I want to help. And how can I be a part of a solution? And so I just gravitated toward Um, coaching in this way, you know, beginning by saying, what do I want? I want to be a life coach. Um, Why? Well, because I want to help people heal. But if I ask myself, uh, go deeper into that, I want to help adoptees to heal and excel in their lives. Because I understand the pain of feeling like I'm not worthy of that. Mm. And so um, I think that's probably what has driven me to do this particular work at this time in my life, knowing Mm -hmm. that there are more chapters ahead of me, more things to explore as a woman, a woman who is discovering more and more who she is and appreciating and loving myself more and more each and every day, 1%. One percent at a time, right? Mm-hmm. And really um, continuing to work on strengthening the mindset, the physical set, the spiritual set, all of that—that that hero and ultimately living that vision. You know, if I I have hero visions all over, you know, on my phone, on my laptop, you know, everywhere I look, I have little little signs that remind me that I am a hero. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to transform, I believe that it's really important to follow, look at, model people who've done it. Mm-hmm. What have they done? How do they do that? And um, just begin modeling those steps. And then what you find is that you're able to craft them more specifically to you. They become very unique. And then you have something to offer the world to teach something unique, some aspect of something you've learned from someone else. And you, you know, you put it together with your own special recipe and you come up with this unique sauce that you can go and share with the world. And I think it's a beautiful thing. We all have a story. We all have stories of adversity, things that we have overcome. If you just ask yourself, look back at your life. What have you overcome? Mm -hmm. You know, what are, what are those moments of resilience? And, and start journaling them down. You'd be amazed at just how fantastic you are, <laughs> right? What is that um, 
I don't know, like you've probably heard it, that there was this negativity bias of four to one. I just mm-hmm. heard that yesterday, uh, a mindset coach in the UK mm-hmm. saying that there's this negativity bias of four to one. Like we're going to believe the negative four times more than we than we hear one positive thing, right? We're going to mm-hmm. believe the negative more, more often. So we are sort of naturally uh, wired to focus on the negative. We have to switch that around. We have to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and start looking at that one percent, that one ratio. You know, you can read one nice comment about yourself, and then you read four others, and you're only focused on the four negative things, right? Um, but we have to begin to look at the positive, and and learn how to silence the negative, because um, a lot of times that's just chatter. We're not going to please everyone, right? I don't want to have the please disease anymore. Like I had that for a long time. Um, And I'm working to, you know, um, daily cure myself from that, heal that part of me that wanted to please as a, as a younger person, because I was so fearful of being rejected and understand that the fear of rejection is really is, is at the core of the struggle and the hurt and the pain that most adoptees feel, mm. um, at least in the experience of who I have and continue to coach. It's that fear of rejection, that abandonment piece that keeps showing up. Wow. You're exceptional at the way you break down the topics into you know tangible uh, bites, so to speak, and just how you look at the perspective, how you look at some of these larger topics like fear and adversity and limiting beliefs and how you're able to break it down. I mean, that, that is a skill, huge skill that you have. And so I, I just applaud you for however you got here, whatever the steps were, because I know for a fact, having lived my own experience, none of this happened overnight. And this took many, many years of constant daily work and reminders. Mm-hmm. And you just, you're one of those people that continues to do the work. Um, and that yeah. it's inspiring to see that, and knowing Thank that there's so someone much. else on a similar journey in life. Thank you, Oleg. I, you know, I think you're fantastic. So thank you for saying that. No, we just have you. to, we keep building the muscle and we help each other too. You know, yeah. we remind each other we're capable of building that muscle. Yeah. Outside mm-hmm. of the place that I've already shown here, are there any other spaces where people can connect with you outside of the website or the Instagram um, um, and learn more about your work, anything sure. that you have coming up? Sure. Uh, You know, um, Facebook is another place on my author page, not Mm -hmm. my personal page, but my author page on Facebook at Let Her Be Greater on Facebook, which gets back to the story of my daughter, but really is the catalyst for all of my transformation. Um, Those words, let her be greater. Let us be greater. Let us be greater as a community of people. To mm-hmm. hear each other, to see each other, to help each other through the challenges of this life and adversity and to know that we don't have to be these perfect people because that doesn't even exist. Mm. It's within the imperfections where we find a power and um, we just have to be willing to go to those places of imperfection. You know, I always say I want to live my life scars, flaws and all. I want to bear it all. I used to hide it all, but I want to bear it all. Uh, because in the doing, I transform and I try help to transform others in some way, even if it's the smallest way. That's what I get up to do every day. That's what jazzes me and fuels me. So, um, yes, um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and, of course, at the website 
um, lifecoachmmb.com. That's awesome. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for sharing this space, sharing everything when it comes to your lift perspectives. And um, I just, I always cherish the time and I look forward to it every single time because I walk away a better person. Oh. I've learned something that I didn't know. Oh, like, thank you. I feel the same. I always walk away better for knowing you and for connecting with you. I consider you a dear and treasured friend and you inspire me. And I am so grateful for that. Thank you, my friend. You're a treasure. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google. Last but not least, if our work has had any form of impact in your life or helped you see your world through a different lens, please consider supporting our cause by making a contribution or a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.